Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Mike Flynn. How's it going, Mike? It's going very well. You've been in the news a lot lately. Oh, the whole Russia yeah, thing? I have, and I'm a junior, so I'm definitely going to jail. <laughs> it's uh, my father. My father has committed the crimes. I have only abetted them, and now it's all it's all a big mess. Thanksgiving's going to be fun. I assume you're joking. I am very much joking. Okay. I am not the microphone that's in the news. Yes. I, I, yeah, I, I did not expect that I was interviewing someone directly connected to someone <laughs> directly connected to a certain investigation. That would have thrown yes. my whole interview off. Okay. Ah, yeah, that's why it's a secret. That was the so, surprise I was talking about. So then you're a funny guy. Mm-mm. <laughs> All right. And so let's see, you are your kind of job description that you gave me was you work at an equity trading desk at a small asset manager. I have no idea what those words mean. Uh, the words that we used to use were broker, like a, like a stock broker. Sure. That's kind of who I work with. Um, uh, our firm was big enough to have its own trading desk. So if you have a broker and you want to go buy stock, you tell your broker to go buy stock. Your broker comes to me to do the actual buying or selling of the stock. So I would I sat at a desk with a bunch of guys for a number of years. Time passes, and now it's a smaller desk at a smaller firm. A lot of the same people, but um, I do the I do the actual interactions with the market. Isn't that what a broker like? Doesn't broker mean to be the person who does the interactions? Ah, no, I'm I'm the middleman of the middleman. Yeah, the yeah. broker's broker. Yes. Well, that's why they call them asset managers now, because they don't really uh, do the brokering part. They help you in your investment decision making. So a small asset manager is you're referring to the size of the overall firm or mm-hmm. that you're managing small assets? Uh, uh, in our case, it's both. So stocks come at all kinds of prices and uh, big investment houses and research firms don't have the time or the manpower to research stocks with small prices. Um, and that's a part of the market that's really underserved. So that's where our guys decided to start a firm and spend their time. Um, sort of small, undervalued, underpriced companies that fly under the radar, ideally that become big companies that are well within the radar. I have always heard that the best way to get rich is to be the middleman. I am not rich. There was another middleman on the other side of me, I think, that's getting all the money. Yeah. You got to be the right middleman. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I do yeah. I do know a family here in town who basically made all of their money setting up deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they they've made some cool deals with some cool international producers of things and now they have like the coolest mansion in this whole city. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, those guys get paid and the lawyers that actually do the that that do the, they don't even do the typing the lawyers anymore, but that sort of structure the whole thing and, and make it give it the appearance of legality. Um, those I'm, guys get super paid. I'm happy to meet a middleman who's not rich because I keep feeling like it's not that hard to be a middleman and all middlemen get rich. Why have I not done this yet? You, yeah. You've helped me justify my current life. I'm here for you. I'm here Thank for you, you for that. If nothing else. Thank you, Mr. Flynn. Yeah. Um, also, uh, uh, I saw on your blog at, uh, what's the address? Falfa? F-A-L-F-A. That's me. Yeah. Um, wait, does that tie into? No. Safe as milk. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is separate so, from, what is Falfa? 
Well, Falfa was the pseudonym I used to join the Rocket from the Crypt fan club in the early 90s uh, <laughs> via mail with a CC. Uh, they all had code names, and I figured I should come up with one as well. Uh, Falfa, and this is, uh, these are deep, dark secrets, Brett, so be cool. But the uh, uh, Falfa was Harrison Ford's character's name in the movie American Graffiti. Oh, wow. He was Bob Falfa. And uh, as an, uh, it's age appropriate for me to get geeked on Harrison Ford, uh, certainly from back then. It was a five-letter domain, which was kind of a fun one to, to pull way back when. Um, and then when I was installing movable type one Fourth of July weekend, I didn't know what to call the blog. Uh, and Safe as Milk is a Captain Beefheart record, and it was just happened to be sort of face up in the room, and that's how that happened. You are exactly as old as my bandmates' older brothers were. I wow. can tell because of the Beefheart and Rocket from the Crypt references. <laughs> uh, Rocket from the Crypt's the best. I love those guys. I'm but, actually, uh, I think I'm old enough for the tail end of Rocket from the Crypt. I, I think that craze had kind of run through by the time I was like in high school and finding new music. But you, I believe you are six years older than me. I am, I am 45. I am 39. Oh, cheers to you. Yeah. Almost 40. Yeah, it's it's a hurdle, but we all get over it, ideally. When I was a kid, I, I, very, I have very clear memories of birthday parties at my house for, like, neighbors with the big over-the-hill cakes with the tombstones on them. <laughs> and it's for, 39. Yeah. For, for most of my life, I thought that 40 was when you basically were dead and that everything after that didn't count. Yes, yes. I shouldn't say for most of my life, but until I was at least 20, I believed that 40 was the end. So yeah. here it's I am on the precipice. Ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The cusp. It's uh, <laughs> just just keep doing your stretches. You'll, it'll, it helps. It helps. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I did a two hour handstand workshop this weekend. In a row? Yeah. It was Oof. two hours of like warming up and learning techniques for getting into handstands. Oh, it wasn't a straight two hour handstand. No, okay. no, uh, I asked, actually asked that question when signing up. I'm like, we're not yeah. doing two hour handstands. They're like, no, yeah. uh, the whole thing is pretty much prep for a handstand. I'm like, okay, I'll sign uh, that, up. I assume that was in the fact, right? I mean, it's really, you're not the only person that thought that going in. I did notice they revised the description shortly <laughs> after. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah. You're helping the people. Absolutely. All right. So this is a perfect six episode, and uh, that means basically we're going to jump straight into our top three picks. I believe you know the format, but this is round robin, back and forth, one pick at a time, and you get to start. Uh, my number one uh, was, uh, it is the deadlift. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with powerlifting. It's a good so. thing that I failed to follow through on my blog question, which was actually about um, biking and weightlifting. Yes. Because yes. you're going to cover this. All right. Yep. Yep. I am familiar with the deadlift. Excellent. So um, uh, the deadlift is one of the big three uh, compound movements in powerlifting, the bench press, the squat, uh, and the deadlift are the three big lifts. Uh, your recent sort of conversation on your blog about your yoga and the benefits you've gotten from yoga and sort of where... Uh, you came from getting into that and where you've come 
via that uh, are a strong correlation to how uh, I got into weightlifting uh, and strength sports um, and sort of uh, sort of how I've uh, gotten here. The um, uh, the breath specifically, as you talked about it, um, sort of working with some of the ADD stuff and uh, helping with focus, uh, which is important when you're doing yoga. It's also important when you got a, a pretty loaded bar on oh, your sure. back. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, um, I, I sort of lucked into a gym in, instructors there who have me on a, on a good path. I was never a lifter. I'm just kind of a, I'm a big guy. Um, who's a little bit strong and these guys have been able to make me a big guy who's probably really a little bit strong. Um, <laughs> the, uh, in the, in, in powerlifting, uh, breath in yoga is more about, uh, uh, on the exhales, sort of lengthening the muscles and, and settling into the movements and, and, um, what's another thing that breath is for there? Help well, me out. Focus. I mean, and focus. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so breath, on a, on a power lift, uh, the lungs are really more, uh, giant bags that you inflate to capacity to hold your spine in place. Um, when you have a lot of weight on your back, it's important. Your posture is vital. And if your lungs are empty, there's nothing to sort of, they, they help prop up your whole core. Yeah. Um, same with the bench, same with the squat. Uh, the deadlift is my favorite of the three. Uh, it was the last of them to sort of come along for me. I was, uh, I was slow to pick it up and it puts, a lot of strain on your back yeah. and I was very hesitant to, <laughs> to really throw in and kind of go for it there. I'm a huge baby about it. I'm not trying to win. Uh, cause I'm, I'm mostly just on my way to my sunset. So I'm not trying to get hurt going there. Uh, what I'm trying to develop is some physical strength. My folks are uh, both still alive, but are getting up there a little bit. Um, and some of the trouble they run into, uh, and, and, and through their mid to late sixties is that their bodies aren't real strong. So when they get knocked down with stuff, whether it's a, a chemo or a fall or a, you know, like a, a, a bum knee or knee replacement, even in the case of my mom, uh, they don't have a ton of other body strength to help them heal the thing that was repaired. And, uh, that was a big red flag for me because, uh, I've got a lot of miles and I'm trying to enjoy the rest of what's in the tank. And I think having some, some solid physical strength about me will can only help the cause. For sure. I, uh, so, yeah. I, I got introduced to weightlifting in my twenties. Uh, I had a friend who was, he had to be 50 at the time, but he'd been a bodybuilder for about a decade and he had a big gym in his basement and he gave me and a friend of mine like basically weightlifting lessons and we'd get there a couple times a week and lift and I bulked up but it wasn't so I did I learned the breathing then like just right. doing even just doing heavy bench like yep. breathing is super important but it didn't like it took yoga for me to understand really to really focus it took the slowness of yoga for me to focus. And like you said, like in yoga, it's more about lengthening and just syncing movements with breath. Mm -hmm. But I am familiar with what you're talking about, how power can come. Power and stability can come from breath as well. No doubt. And that's, um, I mean, I love yoga. Uh, I have, I have dabbled in it on and off over the years and it's, it's always helped. It's, uh, 
meditation even to a certain extent, which is uh, all breath and, and sitting right. down, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm into a lot of that stuff. But I, you know, I have I have two teenage daughters, so I don't have time for all of it. It's all I can do to squeeze in uh, the lifting. But uh, so are but yeah. you are you scared that you will cause more damage than good? I mean, I no. know you're being careful, but yeah, no. Uh, so one of the things they teach at uh, where I train is uh, uh, what do they say? Uh, you work to success rather than working to failure. Uh, you don't want to put more on the bar than you can safely do with good form. And if you feel the form starting to slip, stop. And then most accidents, you know, that's how you get hurt is is overdoing it or when your form breaks down. I mean, if you're doing it right with a, with a reasonable, with an appropriate amount of weight on the bar, you won't get hurt. Yeah. And that's the, that's the challenge. That's what you don't see at a lot of uh, like big box type gyms or, or no like limited supervision kind of gyms. Um, it's, this takes a lot of teaching to sort of do it the right way. And I absolutely just backed into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really great for me. That sounds awesome. I, my, uh, <laughs> all of my doctors have suggested that I supplement my yoga with lifting now because yoga is basically all pushing yeah you don't do a lot of pull um given you know that how gravity and bodies work but mm -hmm. um uh, but thus far i've only gone to like using exercise bands to do uh rapid uh yeah to fail type of exercises yeah but yeah no i kind of want to get back into lifting i miss my arms it's it's fun you know like it's i have a good time with it it's it's a bit of an island of misfit toys kind of spot where i am like there are <laughs> super strong folks there uh, uh they do uh the the power lifting they do the olympic lifting which is the uh the snatch and the clean and jerk and then it's a big strongman gym which is the you ever watch the world's strongest man on oh, espn yeah. thousand years it's that stuff so it's obscenely heavy things large large people move in like big big stuff <laughs> And uh, they do a good job. We catch a lot of like recovering CrossFitters and stuff that, <laughs> you know, hurt themselves kipping pull-ups. So they want to learn how to how to bench press, you know, like you're supposed to do it. Well, and uh, I think the the place I was heading with the are you scared of of hurting yourself is even with just yoga in recent years, I have become far less likely to hurt myself in my daily life. And I think that's probably a big benefit of what you're doing as well. Yeah, it's pretty great. Like you hurt yourself, like moving a chair in the dining room or something. Mm -hmm. you know? Like if you're gonna you gotta slide the table out because you got company coming over. If you're not set to pick up the chair, I mean, what is it weigh? 15, 20 pounds maybe. You can you can throw your back if you're if you're just doing it wrong. So it's just learning how to set yourself to pick stuff up is huge. Just for context, I threw just before starting yoga, I threw my back out for two weeks, putting on a sock. Ugh, the left one or the right one? It was the left. Yeah, it's always the left, isn't so, it? It's basically, just... like I, I triggered sciatica. Oh and yeah. I fell down, and at the time, the pain was all in my lower back, and doctors couldn't figure it out. And then it kind of like shifted, and I realized that it was all right in my like hip, sciatic nerve. Yeah. Anyway. That's a bummer. Yeah. Right. Well, do you sit down? I mean, do you get up and move? And the yoga helps, but is your is your work day like all seated or are you Not standing? Anymore. Right? Oh yeah. no, I I have a standing desk. And I started that years ago. Yeah. I have a standing desk with a treadmill and uh, 
that was just to keep my blood moving because I was doing 14 hour days. Um, but yeah, no, these days I, I move around. I have three different workspaces and I oh, take yeah. frequent breaks yeah. and I do yoga five times a week. So, Oh man. Hey, that's pretty good. I am absolutely planted at a desk. Uh, certainly for market hours, which are nine thirty to four, it's it's better than it used to be. Now that there's at least a little bit of science that people have heard of that could justify a walk around the block, but but by and large, I'm I'm just in a in a shitty office chair, uh, uh, sorry, a crappy office chair all day long. <laughs> so it's it's been it's it's a challenge. It's a yeah, challenge, no doubt. All right, so I'm gonna start my my top three picks with what is probably a limited appeal pick for a lot of people. But I have a couple of cats. Well, I have a cat. And I'm currently living somewhere that has another cat. And these two cats do not get along at all. And in order to diffuse the situation, I started looking for solutions and found a diffuser. (laughs) It is literally, uh, you know, those like air fresheners you plug into the wall, plug it in, plug yeah. it in. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's that, but with a hormonal distribution that uh, calms cats. No way. It, it reduces scratching, uh, marking, and fighting. <sighs> and I was like, you know, I'll try anything right now. It works. No way. So, yeah, I got the uh, comfort zone fell away feel away diffuser kit for cat calming uh, i'll put a link to it in the show notes because there's probably a hundred that will come up in a search but yeah no i've been impressed with how much calmer and one diffuser covers i think like 300 square feet so you need yeah. a few on a larger house but right yeah it works that's where uh do you listen to roderick on the line yeah is that is it the same one? I actually don't know what you're referring to. I may have oh, missed that one. Uh, Merlin just had a whole story about the calming uh, diffusers for his cat because it makes all this noise all the time, and That's funny. now he doesn't know if it's really working or not. Like if they're just not noticing the cat, be a pain in the ass. <laughs> I had the same questions, <laughs> and then I when it last time it ran out, it, I started smelling this burning smell and i didn't realize what it was and i found the uh the ionizer two days later uh and so i just i didn't refill it for a week and saw a serious escalation really it's kind of like my meds like i'm bipolar i take meds for bipolar after you know five six years of never having an incident you're like am i really bipolar maybe i should try going off my meds oh and that's how they get you you find (laughs) you find out really fast whether or not it's actually working (laughs) I suppose so. <laughs> That's crazy. Huh. So it's like essential oils, but for cats. Or is it not an oil? Is it a different... I honestly have not taken a serious look at the ingredients, but yeah. it, it there are hormones. Yeah. And hormones have massive effects on people and animals. And yeah. I would say that if anyone has mastered, you know, real hormone therapy for cats... It would probably be these guys. That's uh, very unusual. We don't. We don't. We're Wait, not, hormone therapy isn't. That's what you that's real, when you're going when you're transitioning. Yeah, like that's genders. Kid and gender, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm talking about something different. No, I think that hormones aren't don't necessarily uh, <laughs> gender assigning. 
and this is all there's none of this can be on the air jesus but the i think the that's what it is right yeah, we're gonna go with it that's what yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's oh no no well no that's pheromones that's a different thing i mean there's right some, but. but pheromones are hormones yeah yeah this i mean yeah an eagle's a bird but a bird's not necessarily an eagle Right? Yeah, I feel like so, we're we're talking about stuff we don't understand right now. One hundred percent. We're just yeah. gonna we're gonna let that go. Okay. Anyway, what's your second pick? My second pick is a YouTube show. Um, do you have do you watch YouTube channels or shows? No. Like is this this is purely because I'm my, I, my I'm too TV. young for that. You probably are. You probably <laughs> the uh, <laughs> these baby boomers the. Um, uh, my kids watch a ton of YouTube, and it's not just like dumb videos or. But I mean, I guess they're all dumb videos. But uh, there are there are, obviously there are channels and shows. Uh, this show is called Hot Ones. Uh, it lives in the Complex Media family. Complex is a pop culture magazine, and they have a a pretty robust online presence. Um, their food, sort of, I guess you would call it a vertical, is First We Feast. Um, Hot Ones is an interview show where there are uh, one guest, one host, 10 questions. Uh, each question is prefaced, prefaced with a, a spicy chicken wing. And the wings get increasingly hot from one to 10. So you are not familiar with this at all? I am not. Oh, okay, so uh, it's absurd, right? It's, it's two people on stools at a bar table, basic bar height table, in a little corner office of the complex offices uh it's three cameras and the wings go from are you a spicy guy you a spicy food guy I yes okay so they, have you heard of so the hot sauces get like absurd like like not even for flavor they just get punishing which is this whole little world that's out there in hot right. sauces yes so uh everyone starts and they get sassy because it's like tapatio or uh, Valencia, you know, like, like hot sauces that you see in restaurants. Right. And then sort of at the halfway mark, uh, you know, shit gets real <laughs> and people just, uh, it's just, they just completely come apart. Like they break down, they, they, they forget how to, how to make sentences. If they have this sort of persona that they walked in the room with, it just starts to strip away a little bit. And there's some cracks in the, in the facade. Uh, it all started with like uh, complex is a lot of hip hop. In, uh, in the early days of Complex, the magazine. Uh, so there were rappers that were usually guests on the show, um, mixed in with a couple of athletes, uh, folks that were coming through New York uh, would stop in. Um, but it's grown to be a place where people, like people that you've heard of, like uh, like a Tom Colicchio, like the Celebrity Chef world, or yeah. Eddie Wong. Yeah. Um, TJ Miller and Terry Crews, who you, you just saw there. Um, and then it's, most recently, I think it's in its fourth season, but they're not annual seasons. It's kind of a weird internet thing. Um, people on promotional tours make this a stop. So the Key and Peel episode is hysterical because there's two of them. They only do five wings. And it's it's laugh out loud funny because it's It's Key just, and Peel. Oh, they're very funny anyway. And then they stop being funny because it just hurts so damn bad. <laughs> um, Russell Brand went through and did a, did a very good job. Um, I want to see the Neil deGrasse Tyson one. It's that's, terrific. That's what I'm really going to play fun. after we're done here. Yeah, yeah, because he's he's kind of a badass, right? And he's like, yeah, it's hot, and it kind of gets him a little bit, but you know, he's not going to he's not going to embarrass himself <laughs> like like some of the people do. The T.J. Miller is 
the, the one I show people to sort of sell them on the show is the TJ Miller one. Uh, the Key and Peele one is great. And then do you know who Michael Rappaport is? He's yeah. an actor. Yeah. Uh, his episode is terrific because he's New York as shit. And he walks in talking, just running his mouth and uh, just gets <laughs> just collapses under the weight of it. It's it's, uh, it's, it's pretty great. Uh, the people that I hadn't heard of, do you know who Burt Kreischer is? He's no. A, he's a comedian. Who, that is the one that's actually at the top of my screen as I'm scrolling through these, though. I do recognize he, him. I, see, I had no idea who that was, and I skipped it. And uh, a buddy of mine who we kind of uh, happened upon this together, uh, uh, he tells some – the guy's really – he's really funny. He tells really good stories. He's, he's good. He's good. And that one's, that one's a funny one too, but uh, uh, definitely recommend it. Nick Kroll, uh, yep. Bobby Lee, Eric Andre. Yeah. Um, there was one more that I was super excited to see. I kind of want to see James Franco, but not – for, for for other reasons, <laughs> the, the Padma the Padma Lakshmi episode is yeah. terrific. Yeah, are you a Top Chef guy? Have you, have you watched it or I have watched it. Yeah. I was an See, Iron Chef fan. guy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't and... think Bobby Flay's been on. <laughs> that seems like that would be a good fit for him. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like people just people just come apart. It's it's super duper funny. Is there anyone uh, and... anyone in this list that's dead now? Uh. Coolio didn't do well after his episode. Uh, Wait, was a did Christmas. Coolio die? He's not. He didn't die. No, but I mean like people who have died for other reasons, not people oh. who died doing this show. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. That would be a haunting that. legacy to go that watch, like the episode with Prince. <laughs> yeah, and just like just <laughs> weeping, just weeping. <laughs> That's you know? Santana, but yeah, <laughs> it is Santana, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. I uh, I I was reading an article today about what's wrong with the internet or something's wrong with the internet, and part I mean it, it got into some disturbing stuff, but part of it it talked about these uh, bot generated children's YouTube channels, and I watched a couple of the examples, and the ones they showed were not inappropriate, but they were definitely off, and it was weird. Oh, weird. I love what. Where was that? Where was that? that I will, I will, I will send you a link, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Okay. Cool. Um, make a quick note. Yeah, because my youngest watches all of the things on YouTube. It's bananas. Yeah, and this uh, this article may be eye opening for you. Oh no! Oh no! We'll see. I don't have kids. I, I and I don't care enough about YouTube to have fully researched it. So I'm not trying to spread right. any fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. All right. So my next pick is uh, Taskmater, which came up. I don't know what order I'm publishing these episodes in. As of this recording, it was the last episode. But we'll say in a recent episode, it came up. And I had mentioned that my only issue with it was that I had to sync with uh, a default Dropbox folder. And I couldn't easily work it into the rest of my workflow. I remember that. Yeah. The developer, who I've been friends with for a while, contacted me. It's like, I heard you on Systematic. Uh, try this. And it turns out he fixed this a long time ago. Uh, you can sync with any Dropbox folder you want to now. I just had I just had to clear out all of my Dropbox tokens and start again. Uh, so TaskMater is now, like, I keep a couple of lists in TaskPaper at all times. One is just called Short-Term To-Do. And it is stuff that 
I need to do today, but does not deserve a place on like an official task list. It's that stuff that when I sit down to work on something and I have all the other stuff in my brain, like I need to, you know, take out the garbage, things like that. I just add them to my task paper list and being able to sync that with my iPhone now is, it's a big deal. I'm super happy. So I'm making TaskMater a top picks, a top pick. I should have started that with TaskMater as a task paper client (laughs) (laughs) for the iPhone. I, you know, I assume everyone's listening to every episode and they paid close attention to that part. Anyway. I feel like this is the one that was just on or just released. This was with the uh... as as of this recording, it came out just uh, six days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that the was magician, with the, uh, the rabbi, oh, the magician. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes, the magician. Because we don't do names anymore. Mm-mm. We just identify Mm-mm. people by their chosen mm-hmm. profession. Mm-hmm. So the professional oh, magician yeah. picked. Uh, yeah. 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 So I, I am, well, I don't, I don't even know if it was a pick for him. I'd have to go back. I think it came up. I think task paper might've been the pick. Yeah. I think it was a broader task paper discussion. I think he brought up task and you were like, nah, it doesn't quite do what I want. And then <laughs> the developer got on you. Oh boy. You had that coming. Yes. I, I'm looking back at my notes. His pick was task paper. Uh, maybe either of us may have brought up task I've already forgotten, but I am bringing up as an official pick this time. Excellent. All right. So you get one more. I do get one more. Um, I don't use task paper. Is that? Uh, I totally forgive you. Yeah. I don't know. Like no judgment. No judgment. This is a safe space. It is safe. I mean, I'm in my house, right? <laughs> um, so I live in Richmond, Virginia. And the town gets kind of a bad rap because it was the capital of the Confederacy. And it's pretty Southern in lots of ways. But the last 10 years or so have been very good to it on a lot of fronts. Uh, the large university we have here is Virginia Commonwealth University. It's downtown. It's a it's big state, state school. Um, and they do a ton of art education. Uh, They have a huge art school as a part of it, and it's wonderful. Um, There is a student there who produced a comic as an undergrad. Um, uh, Shit, I didn't write her name down. Oh, there it is. Hey, uh, Megan James, as an undergrad two years ago, started a comic book called Innsmouth, um, billed as Book of Mormon meets H.P. Lovecraft. And uh, the fourth issue just came out. Uh, It's a projected five-issue series. And it's a fun read. Um, so sort of spell it for me real quick. I N N S M O U T H. Got it. All right. Yep. Uh, so Innsmouth is sort of the H.P. Lovecraft town in Connecticut or Massachusetts or wherever that stuff was was built. And uh, this is sort of her modern day take. It imagines the Cthulhu cult as modern day Mormons with the, the black pants and the short sleeves and the bicycles, but they go door to door and hand out uh, Eldritch, uh, they're, they're, they're Eldritch missionaries and they hand out pocket Necronomicons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the, the main character is this guy, Randolph Higgle, who is, uh, who's just a, just a missionary at this point, um, accidentally triggers the end of the world 
uh, I forget what they're called in, in the Cthulhu stuff, but whatever the, the elder, it's not a full grown elder, it's a little baby elder. Um, and he's selected as the agent of the elder in this plane. He's not sure he's ready for that sort of commitment. And uh, there are hijinks that ensue. Um, uh, it's a really, really well-made comic for someone who's a junior in college. Uh, this is super pro-level stuff. And uh, she writes and draws the whole thing herself. Um, it's, uh, I don't think you need to be a Mormon or, or a Lovecraft scholar to enjoy it. Um, I'm sure there are lots of visual puns um, and things in the mix that would give you a, you know, a little more enjoyment. Um, but the idea of, uh, of a pocket Necronomicon is, is, uh, you know, good for a laugh and it's mined well here. So Innsmouth, that's clearly a reference that goes beyond this comic. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's a real town in some of the Lovecraft. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Cause my search for this brought up some rather unsavory, uh, multi-pronged porn. Oh dear! So sort of you're gonna have to send me a link. Yeah, let's see. Here. Hey, this was uh, DuckDuckGo. This was with no search bubble at all. Oh no, <laughs> that's that's deeply on. I I apologize for. See, there's something wrong with the internet. It, it, there is something going on here. I don't care for this at all. Let's see here. Um, <laughs> it came up with a bunch of results for the shadow over Innsmouth. No, no. See, and that's the thing. I think Innsmouth is is sort of a hub for all of oh, jeepers how do i get back to that part of the thing ba -ba -dum, ba -ba -dum. um but yeah it's uh it's really funny like she, she so hp lovecraft is apparently kind of a dick um a bit of a xenophobe bit of a misogynist uh but he created this sort of foundational world that is constantly being mined for horror and and played sure, for yeah. suspense and stuff um, so she's, you know, she's, she's deconstructed that a little bit, um, with the goofy Mormonismness of the <laughs> Cthulhu worship. Uh, uh, one of the protagonists is a Muslim woman. So there's, um, you know, sort of you know, fingers up to, to Lovecraft, uh, at, at different turns in the thing, but it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, hoot. um, it's published by Sink Swim Press here in Richmond, um, I think all the issues are currently in print. There's no doubt there'll be a collection when they're all done. Um, but Megan James is uh, is good at her job. It's cool. Nice. Yeah. I um, I so I've mentioned it a few times over the years. Uh, I have a children's book book in progress. Mm -hmm. Originally found this illustrator uh, who who had just gotten out of art school who was amazing and turned out she wasn't quite ready to take yeah. on a professional job yet <laughs> yeah yeah but her skill like the stuff coming like i graduated from the minneapolis college of art and design okay and i go back to the art sales and i i watch what the alumni there are doing and yeah the stuff if you can find kids in art school you like in in university level art school buy their stuff now like there yeah. are so many really talented kids right now that they're painting sell for you know a hundred bucks 
and these kids in in 10 years that painting's going to be 800 to 15,000 paintings so yeah there's some great great stuff it's pretty bananas yeah i guess she graduated this spring megan james the uh the yeah. Inns Mount lady. Yep. With a BFA in communication arts, uh, concentration and illustration. So, awesome. uh, she's got an impressive portfolio by all accounts. She's, she's super chill. I, I have not been able to see her the couple of times she's done signings and stuff at the local comic shop here, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's a fun one. Nice. All right. So my last pick is a bit for me, unusual. It's going to be a song. Mm-hmm. It's a song that, keeps popping up in random playlists for me this week and it is a song that holds a lot of sentimental value for me i'm going to give you one line and i believe you're the right age that you're going to be able to name the song is it jump around by house of pain it is not damn it okay 10 for everything 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 oh yeah, that's a great record. Huh? How about that? Really? Yeah. Oh, the Violet Films? Yeah. yeah. Add it up. Yeah. Kiss Off. It's, everyone that's thinks Kiss it's off. added up because it has the numerical sequence in it. Yes. No, that's oh. Kiss Off. And that song, man, like that's the song like on bus field trips after we were done, we'd sit in the back, me and not necessarily my guy friends, but me and a few of the goth girls. Yeah. Sit in the back of the bus with like headphone splitters, listening to a discman, and we would always start with uh, "The Mind Is a Terrible Thing to Taste" by Ministry, that uh, the live album, <laughs> yeah. and we would yeah we would scream the the stigmata the f everything <laughs> part of stigmata in the back of the bus, and then uh, we would often switch to Kiss Off and the the entire song is it's gold for angst ridden teenagers. It really and is. as an adult, it's still, it's still fun. Like it holds up a lot of the angst ridden music I listened to in high school. Can't yeah. stand anymore. Yeah. Violent thumbs holds up. The whole record is super duper good. It yeah. is. It really yeah. is. So my pick is kiss off secondary pick violent thumbs. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great pick. Oh man. <laughs> I should just do it's... more music picks. Uh, well, you know, sure. I didn't. I didn't listen to enough of your podcast to figure out your overall musical taste. It seemed mm-hmm. like there was some a uh, bend towards hip hop. Uh, so Adam, the other guy, um, my my co-host on the Safe Zone podcast, is a pure hip hop head. That's all he's. That's all he's ever listened to. Once he once he got to pick what he listened to, that was it. Um, he's deep dive in the R hip hop, the subreddit and is, is one of these internet kids. He's younger than me. He's 35, I think. So 30, he's, he's younger than me and is pretty well versed in the internet and where to go find, you know, mixtapes and SoundCloud rappers and all that stuff. But they're on SoundCloud just as a, as a tip there. <laughs> um, but the, uh, but yeah, he, he loves it. And he, uh, you know, he, he hips me to everything that's worth listening to. And I'm more um, eclectic. I definitely enjoy and listen to hip hop, but uh, my musical choices are usually guitar-y -er than that. Um, (laughs) We put together a uh, Spotify playlist of all the songs that we've mentioned on our podcast. Um, 
and if you hit shuffle on it, it's very funny. He put all his in. So it's like 40 rap songs and then 20 other not rap songs. Um, but if you hit shuffle, it makes for a, makes for a very fun radio station. <laughs> so guitar meaning everything that's not hip hop. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Jerry Reed is definitely in there. I mean, you know, the, the, the guitar man is, is where it's at. I don't know if you ever gone through a Jerry Reed phase in your life. I'm going to have to admit, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, Jerry Reed, uh, are you familiar with the film Smokey and the Bandit? Yes. The the gentleman who drove the 18-wheeler? That's Jerry Reed. Okay. And he is a world-famous uh, uh, guitar player, but like a country uh, guitar picker, I believe is, is how he would say it. Um, but yeah, his music is is great, great. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's like one of the things that we've talked about in the podcast. Is a, is there, do you have a second for a funny little story? Yes. One of the, uh, one of the earlier episodes of our podcast, Adam talked about like some Kanye song that featured a sample that was a Rod Stewart song, like a, like a bad Rod Stewart song. And it's the, the show, the song is like, you know, Kanye featuring Rod Stewart. And I was like, that Rod Stewart, like did some rapper appropriate the name and, now he's just like real Rod Stewart or something, but no, it was Rod Stewart. He's like, I don't really know who Rod Stewart is. So the next, <laughs> so like he, he was like, I don't know who that is. So the next episode, and we don't share. This was back before we started sharing our picks. Before we did the, we recorded. Um, all three of my picks were different Rod Stewart songs with stories about them. And the first one was, you know, last week you didn't know what Rod Stewart was, and here's Rod Stewart. I was like, so later in Rod Stewart's career, he's like, wait a second, wait a second, is it all Rod Stewart? <laughs> And I was like, well, yes, of course it's all Rod Stewart. So Maggie May is a song about, and then he was, was pretty bummed. Um, I had a hearty laugh, and we ended up actually being able to use the episode. So it was a win, 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 win. Are you a fan of the Revolting Cox? I'm not. Um, but I'm not familiar with them, I guess is probably more accurate. Okay, so this is uh, 90s industrial music. So and... I was more on the, like, Nitzer Abbey, Eisenstraw New. Einstein's and a new button. That's what I was trying to say. Yes, <laughs> and then really nine inch nails. I was at the much on the softer end of that industrial. Sure. Uh, to be fair, members of Nine Inch Nails, meaning Trent Reznor yeah. and and other uh, other major uh, bands, were what comprised Revolting Cox. They were. So kind it, was of, super, it was like yeah. pig fate. Or, uh, Pigface, Palehead, not Palehead, Pigface and uh, Revolting Cox. These are kind of like the super groups of industrial. Okay. So Revolting Cox on the album Linger Fickin' Good did um, Rod Stewart's If You Think I'm Sexy. <laughs> Have you seen that video? Are you familiar with that video? I am. It is shocking. <laughs> like I went and watched it. <laughs> I just, I just, I, was, I couldn't believe it. It is, it's just Deeply, deeply absurd. The, the amount of cocaine that would produce those ideas <laughs> is, is just horrifying. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Did, what, is it him that's been doing stuff with Lonely Island? No. Who no, that's it? uh, that's Michael Bolton. Yeah, Bolton. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. also that's all fun. And he seems like, oh, shit, that guy's all right. You know, when you, you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Kenny G showed up on some some Rod Stewart Christmas special <laughs> as like the like background 
like just yeah. the butt of a joke, but he showed up for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, wow. He got paid for it. Yeah. These guys do have a sense of humor, though, after all that yeah. horrible R&B stuff. Yeah. All right. So anyway. Yes. Where are we now? Okay. Yeah. No, I wanted to jump back before we end this. Sure. Tell me about Safe as Milk, the podcast. So uh, Safe as Milk is a podcast that I do with my co-host, Adam Tabib. Uh, every other week, we get together and record a podcast that is exactly like this one that we've just done here today. Uh, we each come to the table with three things to talk about. Um, generally speaking, his interests, uh, the Venn diagrams don't perfectly intersect. So he teaches me about things. I teach him about things. I, I would hate to take credit for teaching him about Rod Stewart, but that's probably how it worked out. Um, and uh, we record that. It usually runs 40, 45 minutes. It's uh, pretty standard pop culture stuff. Every so often, uh, uh, one of us will take a left turn into a different thing. Um, uh, certainly inspired by, uh, uh, do you listen to Pop Culture Happy Hour? It's an NPR podcast. No, I listened to the drink one. Oh, I don't know about the drink one. They have one where they base the whole episode around like a cocktail. What? And they ask every guest the same two questions every week. Different really? guests. That's very smart. It's a really good show. And then they have like a guest bartender on how to mix a crazy drink that fits in with current affairs and whatnot. Oh, uh, man. Dinner or something. I, I, I'm going to have to. Uh, yeah. I'm embarrassed that I can't remember. If there's an edit right here, it'll be me jumping in to say, oh, no, this is what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, but at the end of those episodes, so there's a woman that reviews films, a guy that reviews music, uh, another guy that reviews books. And at the end of every episode, they do a what's making me happy this week kind of thing. And it, they each kind of come with a thing that's current to them, and they talk about it, and it usually leads to some discussion. Um, your show, Systematic, uh, always ends with three picks, and I thought – uh, sort of a, a blend of those two and, and systematic really does go, uh, th those can generate other conversations, um, that are good and, and interesting. Um, it's fun. Uh, your show has an eclectic mix of people that, that sort of geek out on their stuff. And I, there's not much I love more than listening to someone talk about something they're deeply, deeply interested in. <laughs> um, so it's a, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a good listen. Um, but that's, that's what the safe is no podcast is. Nice. All right. So I, I wonder, like I did the top three picks segment as like, a, it, it was a weird idea I had one week. Like yeah. during the podcast, I was like, all right, let's just talk about three things we're cool with. Nice. And I don't remember why, if I don't remember if I was like reaching to fill time or something. Yeah. But it instantly became like a weekly thing. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, even if I'm not interested in the guest, I always stick around to hear what the picks might be. I don't even I don't even like cheat and look at it in my podcast. <laughs> it it has proven to be the the mainstay of the show. And honestly, you're right. Like it leads to the things people are interested in, the things people will put forward as their top picks is always a conversation starter and often leads to something deeper because someone might be trying to present their best side with a pick. But yeah. if they have, you know, if they have a background that led to this pick, that's usually there too. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it is actually the reason I continue to keep half the show with the full interviews as top three picks. Top three picks are 
mostly an interview. Yeah, yeah. it's great. No, I, it's been a lot of fun for us. I mean, at the beginning, it was like, uh, you know, this is a video game I'm playing. This is a book I'm reading. This is a movie I saw. But then later, it turns into like, um, uh, you know, they just get like esoteric a bit, you know, or, or even abstract. It's like, hey, go see live music. And I went to go see two bands this week. And it was I'd forgotten how awesome it was to go see you know, people on stage give it their all. So go do that or, you know, go, go take a hike, you know, like the woods are great. Oh, this so time you're doing of year. like a do by Friday thing. Oh no, I haven't listened to that one. Oh um, yeah. They get assignments. They have to, they have to do something and then they get together to talk about it. Oh, that's a, that's a good idea. I bet that's a fun <laughs> podcast. With people from cards against humanity and Merlin, man. Yeah. It's a fun podcast. Oh man. <laughs> Should, is there a good one to listen to? Or is there... I I'm going through them all one at a time. I yeah, it's you got to kind of start at the beginning, I think, to kind of figure out the way things work. It's one of those. It's not serial so much yeah. as you got to get to know the characters. Yes, there's yes. really good character development in that podcast. Really interesting, because <laughs> I've been on the Merlin tip for a, a good long while now, and I feel like I didn't watch what's the he had that. Not Top Chef show, or was it a Top Chef show? What? I forget. For a little while, he would watch. He and somebody else would watch Top Chef. And... Oh, I thought you meant he was hosting a show. Oh goodness! Oh, that would be a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, real quick, you're are you all caught up on the Good Place? Yes. No, no. I have one new episode to watch. Oh, I just watched it last night. Uh, but you're well into the second season, and you've seen yes. it all already, right? Yes. What a fascinating, fascinating exploration of philosophy. Yes. It's so great. I I love that show. Uh, it yeah. it honestly, there are times where it seems like a very superficial yeah. um, sitcom. Yeah. But no, it really it tackles do, that and the Orville are for me like the two breakout shows. Somebody else was. I watched the pilot and I thought it was fine, but somebody else was talking raving about the Orville uh, the other week. Dude, it's it. I thought it was gonna be uh, a parody of yeah. Star Trek. It's not. It stands on its own. Like it's if Gene Roddenberry were here, I think he would have made the Orville, not STD. Sorry, Ooh. Star Trek Discovery or whatever. Whoa! Oh, that's the. But this <laughs> holds. <is> unfortunate. <laughs> I thought so too. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why would they? I mean, yeah, we've been tough. calling them by initials for so yeah. long. Why did they not yeah. think ahead to, uh, we just named a whole series STD. Um, uh. But like the Orville harkens back to like the way that TNG and even the original series um, like dealt with social issues in a way that was very laissez-faire. Like yeah. we're just going to expose these issues. Yeah. We're going to show how they're affecting various people but you know we have our prime directive we don't we don't change these and it's been i mean they've hit um uh gender issues they've hit uh like what was the, i'm trying to remember like the last one was almost about uh like the amish but no it was basically it was about like uh bunker fundamentalist types no and like it was this whole floating ecosphere yeah. that didn't realize they were part of a larger universe. 
like their creators had abandoned them long ago, died basically because they were human. Right. Like the show, it, it takes surprisingly deep twists. It has its very funny moments. It gets to be more irreverent as something that is ostensibly a star Wars, a star Trek parody. Right. Very interesting. But the, but the social commentary is all, pretty real and oh it is good it's really i'm serious it's really good all right i'll give it another shot my wife's a big star trek fan Uh, i'm a huge star trek fan yeah yeah she's a tng fan i think i said that right and i'll hear about it if i did you did the uh um yeah and we watched the first episode and it's got tyra from friday night lights in it so i was like i'm I'm on board with that I i can get down and then um we never we never got back on it i forget what happened but Oh, no, TNG is worth it. In fact, the character, there's an android character in the Orville that sounds just like Brent Spiner. That's uh, Data, Brent. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sounds just like Data. Uh, He has a better butt, and it's weird because he is entirely dressed as a robot, but no matter what your sexual persuasion is, you can't help but notice that that robot has a really cute butt. Yeah, it's a bumping onion. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's surprising, yet <laughs> his character is very pivotal to multiple storylines, just like Brent Spiner's was. Interesting. All right, I will, I will take that as a recommendation and uh, watch a few more episodes and see if it sticks. I'm not really a Trek guy. Um, I was alive for the, the Trek versus Wars wars. And I was a I was a hard <laughs> wars guy for a long time. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. It's all right. You know, I mean you, you grow up and you grow through, right? But history uh, history will prove you wrong. But um episode one, <laughs> duh. Come on. <laughs> Pull it out of there, will you? Jesus. <laughs> all yes. right. I always lay down the Phantom Menace as my like my baseline argument. <laughs> I'm sure I have no idea what you are talking about. <laughs> and then and then it's a straight denial from there. This oh, no, a... Skype's acting up again. Oh, no, not again. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a blast. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. That was a good time. I appreciate it. Keep, where, up, uh, keep up your work. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I am F-A-L-F-A everywhere. Uh, at the .com, that's my Instagram, and that's me on the tweets. My podcast can I do that real quick? Yeah. My, the Safe as Milk podcast that uh, we publish twice a week uh, can be found at safeasmilk.fireside.fm. Where are you? <laughs> I'm TT Scoff everywhere social and then brettterfshire.com. And you can also find me on Overtired here at ESN. Have you listened to Overtired? No. I feel, I feel like you really should. It, it, as you were talking about the like the Venn diagram uh, mm. between myself and Christina Warren, there is a small overlap. Actually, there's a pretty big overlap, but there are two yeah. diverging personalities behind it. Right. I it it's it leads to fascinating conversations. I would catch up on that because uh, I'm currently working on scheduling the next episode. Which proves it should be amazing. Uh, yeah, duh. you know, in light of the recent Virginia elections. Oh, thank God we did this right. I swear, <laughs> it was it was a real treat to wake up the day after election day and not just be pissed and hungover. Like it was, 
it was a real bummer last year, dude. I got to tell you, we were the whole house was pretty upset here. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize how blue-ish Virginia was. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how close it was. I just always assumed that was red. And it depended on where you drive. Yeah, yeah. There's not uh, on a map. It's not a lot of blue, but it's where the people are. Um, and you drive ten minutes, and it's uh, honest to God, Confederate flags in people's yards. Yeah. See, that was in my. I've been to Virginia. I've been to Richmond. Like, oh, cheers. I, I I've seen a lot of this. Uh, my impression leaving was Confederate flags. Yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, the monuments are, are kind of cool from a historical perspective. Like, I, I grew up here. My family moved here when I was five. Um, so I've been here a long time. But I'm not, you know, Southern. And I don't sound like I'm from here because my parents aren't from here. Um, and I have none of the uh, sort of cultural and historical hangups that Native Richmonders can end up with sometimes. Because, you know, the cap being the capital of the Confederacy was a real point of pride <laughs> for a couple of generations. So it's, uh, uh, you know, for me, it was always just like, Hey, they're, they're, they're actually kind of cool. They're all these giant marble pedestals and they're super tall and all right, whatever, you know, that's fine. Um, turns out it's, it's all pretty racist. So turns out that's the word on the street. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Thank you again for being here. We'll, we'll wrap up there before we okay. delve too deeply into politics. Yes. Um, Yeah. Great talking to you. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you all in a week.